Hey guys, I'm Kelly Wolf, and this is the Flow Podcast. I feel like I have to clear something up. So when people hear the word flow, they always ask me, is this a yoga class or just something that can happen when you're surfing? But this flow stands for finding love over worry. And this podcast is all about the ways that you can have more flow in your life. On the Flow Podcast, I'm going to share my wisdom as a coach, a writer, a speaker, and a mama. I want to give you all the goods so that you can start your flow journey today. All right, let's get started. Okay, on today's episode, I am sharing a very vulnerable story with you. And I wanted to share it because I believe that it really is the birthplace of flow, finding love over worry. But also, I wanted to remind you that it does not matter where you are on your journey. You can truly begin anywhere. Just begin. That is the message that I want to relay to anybody who is listening. You can start your journey today. In this case, you're in flow land with me, but my recommendation is to pick something that resonates with you because the journey of self-improvement works. It really works and you deserve it. So I hope you enjoy this. Stay all the way till the end because there's some really fun nuggets at the end. Enjoy. Did you know that OG is an NSF certified organic skincare company? Because they are committed to a seed to skin approach. That way you can know everything that you're putting on your skin is from the purest ingredients from the earth. I am a fan of all the OG products. My makeup bag looks like an OG makeup stand. (laughs) But my favorite right now is the sculpted face sticks. I love carnelian. It gives me this buildable, luminous, dewy glow, and I'm obsessed. You guys can find OG on all major social platforms from YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at OG. That's O-G-E-E. You can also go to their website, www.og.com, and check out all their products. They're stunning. You will love having them on your countertop. All right, guys, let's get glowing with OG. I had a huge aha moment when I first started working with Joe at Blueberry Nutrition, and that is blueberry-nutrition.com. And when you go to their website, start by taking the quiz. It will give you an individualized program that's created just for you. So when I first started working with Joe, she had helped me find these small changes, these tiny habits that I could make for my overall health. At the time, I had been feeling dizzy and my blood pressure was low, and she really got to the root of the problem. Her whole method is to get you off of those vicious cycles of losing the same 20 pounds over and over again. Her method was designed to create lasting changes for you, changes that are doable that come from small habit shifts. Go check out blueberry-nutrition.com and start your health journey today. All right, so here's how I wanted to start this with you today. I want to tell you a story of where flow began for me. So flow stands for finding love over worry. And it's really 
a methodology is the best way that I could describe it. It is a technique. It is a tactic. It is a map that you can use to start changing your life from what feels like more stress and pressure and worry and fear and anxiety into a more flow state life. Listen, guys, we're human beings, okay? We are complex beings, complex species, and we have highs and lows all the time. Like I just said, I've been having a bit of a a, a funk, which is why this is the most perfect, perfect timing for this. So in my own little dip over here, and spoiler alert, anytime you guys are listening to coaches or, you know, hype people, they have bad days, bad weeks, bad months, bad years. And sometimes their brand is to just stay hyped. So they do that. Sometimes they'll tell you the whole nitty gritty. Over here, I'm I'm probably most likely going to tell you the whole nitty gritty. So just be prepared for that. But in my own moment of I would I just call it a a a, a drop, a little bit of a de-escalation in that sort of heightened state, which by the way, I think we can all agree, we all want to be in that heightened state more often. And the one thing I talk about the most in flow is that our goal is to be in it more often. It would be a lie to say that we can be in it all of the time. And I think anybody who's selling that to you is probably not telling you the whole picture. Granted, I think I have not met one of these people, but I have heard of people who have reached sort of an enlightened state. Although I had a funny moment the other day when I was listening to somebody who says that they have reached that state. And and by all accounts, it sounds like they have. And I found myself thinking, "Mm, I don't think I want to do that yet. (laughs) Like as if I had a choice, if I could just pull it out of the sky. But what I thought was as peaceful as it was, there to me, there's something, there's a there's a fire that comes from some of those dips. It's really when I get to find out if I'm walking the walk, if what I believe to be the keys in the map are really working. So you are finding me on this moment, on this day, really using my own stuff. Okay. So I had to dig back down a little bit to kind of where this moment began for me. And you know, I'll tell you more, and a lot of you are going to know about how flow sort of came to be. But for those of you who do not, this is a story that happened where I would say my life had begun to really shift after this happened. The year is 2014. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous summer day outside. I am living in Los Angeles at the time. So I'm married to an actor. We have three kids who right now my youngest is six, my oldest just turned 12 yesterday, which completely blows my mind. Uh, We'll have to be talking about that at some point in this podcast. But this is 2014. And my daughter was born maybe about a month before this, maybe a few weeks before this. And I was struggling from severe, severe postpartum depression. Now, any of you out there who have had postpartum depression might have it right now or have any kind of intense depression. I'm just going to put this out there right here, right now. Reach out for help. Do not listen to this podcast and just start to apply all of these techniques because that requires a a whole level 
of interventions that probably cannot be achieved in, in listening to podcasts. And I also at the time was seeing therapists upon therapists, all kinds of different things to try to get me out of this place. But what I'll tell you is that after my daughter was born, so my middle and my youngest are 17 months apart. I think that had a lot to do with my state of mind. We had just moved into this house in Los Angeles. My husband's an actor. He was uh, working at the time and I was doing a lot of this on my own. I had had an emergency C-section with my second. So I had a planned C-section with my third and my C-section kept coming open. Okay. I know for anybody who's got like one of those skeevy stomachs, just prepare yourself. So it kept coming open, which I'll tell you more about why that was happening later. But they can't restitch you. They just have to let it heal. So I'm just giving you the whole picture of what this looked like. I had in what a 17, 18 month old newborn, a four and a half, five year old um, husband who was out working, although who is one of the most amazing, helpful humans that has ever lived on planet Earth. So when he was physically there, he was all in. And he also helped to save my life, I think, in many ways. But I had gotten to a point where my suffering was so deep, so deep. I truly, and this will give you the whole context of it, I sat down one night talking to my husband and I said, honey, I just think it makes a lot of sense for me to not be here. I mean, wouldn't that be great? You could find a new wife and the kids would have a great mom. I said it with that tone in my voice. So I'm saying it to you with the same tone that I said it to him at the time to try to give you the true breadth of the break that was happening inside of my head. I felt totally rational about this idea, completely rational about why it would make more sense for me not to be on this planet. That seemed like a true wise strategy at that particular moment in time. And I would spend my afternoons calling suicide hotlines, seeing a therapist, and trying so hard, so hard to be a mom in this moment. It was the darkest time of my life. And I've had some, I've had some times, but this was, this was the darkest moment by a, a million miles. So one day I spoke to a friend of mine who, uh, in a great twist of events is going to be a guest on this podcast, um, in a few episodes, her name is Libby Moore, and I'm going to sound like I'm name dropping, but I just want you to understand what was happening at the time and why this was such a powerful conversation. So Libby's the friend of mine who, you know, I, I, I want to say I have a three or four people that, that, you know, when people ask you, who do you call in those moments? And I'm really blessed to say that I have this, this handful of people. These are the people that I call in those moments, the, the dark, dark moments. So I called Libby and I just was not okay. Not okay. One bit. And Libby's a coach. She was Oprah's chief of staff for 11 years. She's one of the best humans that I know. And she said to me, Kelly, I'm going to tell you a story one time about when I was at work. And this is when she was working at Harpo. And she was having a day that just the walls were crumbling in on her. And this particular day, I can't remember exactly. Libby can clarify this. Maya Angelou was either there, <laughs> this is her life, was either there or was on the phone. 
But whatever way that Maya ended up being there, something happened where Dr. Angelou said to Libby, do you see the tree outside of the window? And she said, yes. And Dr. Angelou said, do you think you could go look at that tree long enough to feel like you are here? And she said, okay. And just like all of us in that moment, you think to yourself, there's no way that I have, (laughs) that looking at the tree is going to solve any problem that I have right now, because it seems like the real problem that I have right now is that I can't function. I can't do the things that I need to do at all. So I could agree with Libby that she responded the same way I did when she asked me to go look at a tree. So in my conversation with Libby, she said, Kelly, do you think you could go look at a tree? Can you look at the tree long enough to see it? And I remember sitting in this house, this beautiful house. It had a pool. It had this amazing playroom. I had, we had remodeled it and I did it all the ways that I wanted to do it, which was such a gift. And I'd always wanted to do that. So it just felt, we lived down the street from good friends. We had just, it was, there's, it was a beautiful life. It was a beautiful life. And I was, I was dying on the inside. So I said, all right, I am going to go stare at this tree. So I walked outside my front door, Southern California, Los Angeles. And I walked across the street because the tree that I wanted to stare at was across the street. And the across the street, there was no house. There was the back of a house that you couldn't see. So there was nobody there. It's just me staring at this tree. And I stared and I sat and I stared and I sat and I stared and I sat. And then something happened that was truly a miracle. I heard birds chirping. I heard cars going by. I saw the colors around me, the green grass and the blue sky. And why is that a miracle? Because when you are in the depths of despair that I was in, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hear anything. The noise inside my head was so loud that it was blocking out everything that would have been happening around me. So I stared at this tree so long. And I remember... I stared at it so long that my legs hurt. I mean, I don't know how long I sat there, but I know that when I stood up, my body ached from sitting for so long. But I knew when I stood up, it was the first time. It was the first time in quite some time that I felt peaceful, (laughs) that I felt alive, that I could actually see the world around me and I got up and I walked inside and that night I had dinner with my family and I remember everything about it every detail about it I remember Lucy's floppy head and Miller's adorable running wild and jumping off of things if you follow me at all Miller is a crazy jumping phenom and Jackson just his sweet being and my husband and I was there oh my god I could weep just thinking about it but I was there so the next day I woke up early because at that time I think I would wake up to feed Lucy and then I would usually go back to sleep but this morning the sun had just come up 
just minutes before. And I thought to myself, I'm going to run outside and stare at that tree again because that was the first time that I had felt anything in a while. And I opened my front door. Get ready, guys. If you're doing something else, you're going to want to hear this part. So just stop washing the dishes. (laughs) I open the door. I walk outside. And the tree that I had stared at had fallen over. I'm not making this up. I actually have my eyes closed right now because I'm just recalling this exact moment. The tree that saved me had fallen over. What is happening? I looked around and by all accounts, it didn't look like much had happened. It was possible there was a small storm. It was possible that lightning hit the tree. And I am talking a tree. I mean, I didn't choose a flimsy little sapling. I picked the big mama bear. And as a matter of fact, I had even thought about her as a mother. I thought about her having witnessed so many things that how, how long she had been there and how she'd probably seen moms like me pass through and our, our fear and our, our sadness. And she'd seen these things. And I thought if she can do this, if she can hold the line, then I can hold the line. And now she fell down. So listen, I know what you're thinking because I was thinking the same thing, cursing all things holy, because what does that even mean? Is that just clarification that it's all just a shit show? Sorry, I'm not, not going to be able to avoid cursing altogether here because it's just too big of a story. But could I keep holding the line if I didn't have her standing there anymore? I don't think I, wait a minute something happened. I turned around. I started to walk into my house. And as dramatic as it sounds, and I do have a flair for the dramatic, I fell to my knees on my front yard because I realized something in that moment. In that exact moment, what I got was, it's not a tree that saves me. It's not a person that saves me. It's not a book, a place, a trip, nothing. It's me and God. That's it. I'm the one who holds the key to me. I'm the only one. And just to clarify, God for me is all things. I am not a religious person, but I believe in all the ways that there is a power greater than us. I believe that that relationship is extremely profound and it is between you and your higher power. And in that moment, I got something. And I got something that I had never gotten ever in my whole life, which is it will come back home to you eventually, no matter what. And you can have all the accoutrements and you can have all the distractions. But someday, somehow, some way, it's going to come knocking on your door. And what you've decided to put inside, how you have put scaffolding inside of your building, will matter in terms of whether that baby can get blown down. And I got it. I got it. In that moment, I really realized that the journey... The journey that was going to emancipate me, the journey that was going to save me and potentially save 
so many other people was going to have to start with how we looked at ourselves from the inside out. It was going to have to start with my perceptions of the world. I was going to have to retrain my brain to operate in a different way. So this is where flow comes in. This is where I started to begin to understand what that means. I have heard people say this in a thousand different ways, in a thousand different, you know, voices. But if you really get down to brass tacks, they're all saying the same thing. And that is when we choose love over fear, in this case, when we choose love over worry, fear, anxiety, anger, frustration, something happens. And when we do that repeatedly over and over and over again, we start to tell our brains that that's the default button versus telling it to do it a different way, right? So if we are somebody who is, and and raise your hand if you've had chronic worry issues, because PS, I don't know. It's like somebody told me something popped out with their placenta, like their ability to be rational in in choices and things. And prior to having kids, I was the person who would like jump out of airplanes and rock climb without ropes. PS, not recommending it, just saying. I had this sort of fearless nature to me. And the second that I had children, it was like the whole world got really scary somehow. But but the point is, is this is my life. This is my my life that I'm living now. And so I don't want to live it in a state of anxiety. I don't want to live it in a state of worry and fear. I want to live it in flow. So this way that we're going to do it, this kind of flow, this is finding love over worry. One of the things I get asked about the most are recommendations for coaches in different niche areas. I have a coach who I recommend to all parents who have found themselves feeling like they are alone in their parenting journey because their child was born in a way that they didn't expect. Margaret Webb Life Coaching is a true unicorn, you guys. She is a master certified life coach. She is certified nature-based coach. She is a former teacher but her most important journey and job on this life was being a mother to her 17-year-old son who is on the autism spectrum. She works with parents who feel incredibly alone in their journey with a child that they didn't expect. And she wants to remind those parents that not only are they not alone, but there are things that they can do to bring ease and joy in their life that they may have never considered. I call Margaret a friend. She is a profoundly gifted coach. And if you have found yourself on this journey, I would not hesitate to reach out to her. Go to margaretweblifecoach.com and that is web with two Bs. And I promise that this will change the journey for you. Are you celebrating the moments of your life, the big and small moments of your life? Because our friends at 1111 Wines believe in just that. In fact, their tagline is make your moment. You guys, I've been a fan of 1111 Wines for years. They are a luxury wine brand. They have one of the top winemakers in the world, Kirk Van Gay, and they believe deeply in the power of connection. 
1111 has so much to offer. You can be a wine club member, which gives you incredible perks, one of which is priority booking in their incredible vineyard house. Guys, I booked it last year and did it to mark a really special occasion in my life, and I will never forget it. So the next time that you want to make a moment in your life, consider giving the gift of 1111 wines to someone that you love, or give it to yourself. Sign up for the wine club, go to their website at 1111wines.com, and be ready to make your moment. So let's go back to the tree story. And then I'm going to tell you how the flow concept and the flow method started to come into my daily routine and how it began eventually to really change everything for me. I mean, I say that in my opening, I think, and I'm telling you guys, it's, I say it because it's true. (laughs) I'm telling you it's true. Okay. So there's something that I talk about when I talk about flow a lot, and we're going to talk about it throughout this podcast. So you're going to hear me say it. And for those of you who know this, yay, well done. And for those of you who do not, this will be the first time, but it's important. So I sort of think about the flow life, the flow methodology as this house. And if you're building a house and you really want to like hang the pictures and get the lighting fixtures and all the fun stuff, at least that's what I like to do. You can't do that until you've laid the foundation and built the walls. So as bummer as it might feel for some people, if you put up tile on a beautiful house with no foundation, it's going to be a matter of time before that whole thing comes crumbling down. So again, we can put pretty things on broken walls, but what I want to do is build it from the inside out. So we're going to pour a foundation that is so strong, that is so deep nothing's knocking that sucker down. You guys, I grew up in in Arkansas and I don't know about you all, but one thing I love about the South is if you drive enough on country roads, you will find these old homesteads and they usually have tulips or something, which is why you can tell that we're around the original home, but there's always a foundation, right? So whatever happened to that home, the foundation stands. So here's what the deal is with flow. I believe that you have to do three things in order to really start to do the work, the flow work. That's the mindset work, okay? The flow work is the mindset work. There are three things that I believe you have to do. And I call them the three M's because why? I like alliteration, obviously. And flow is wolf spelled backwards. Hello. I mean, come on. It just can't get better than that. I'm Kelly Wolf if you lost the plot on that one. Okay, so the three M's. Munch, move, meditate. Why is this important? There are three fundamental things that I have learned. If I do not do them, I have a really hard time getting my mindset to be in the right place. All right. So what I realized after the tree fell down is I knew that the work was going to have to be done. And I knew that it was going to have to be done by me for me. But the only way that I was able to get myself into a place to really do the mindset work in earnest was to basically do the three M's. So at that time, as I told you with my C-section open and I'd had a, a diagnosis that was not great and I was not feeling awesome. So for me to move my body felt like climbing Mount Everest, but I did it in small ways to start. So wherever you are in your journey, please, please, please do not tell yourself that this is not for you. Okay. Just start. 
So again, if you've been with me for a long time, you've heard me say this. There were days where I lifted my arm up and down 45 times. That's it. That's all I had. And then there are other days that I could do more. But what I did is I started small up and down the block. Okay. That was step one, up and down the block, then around the block, then a little further around the block. And you get my picture. I don't care to get to a place of being able to do hardcore hit workouts. That's probably not going to be, um, oh, but Hey, I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it's not my ultimate goal. My goal was to be able to move my body and to be able to move my body enough to feel healthy, strong, and to feel like I was able to be in a place to do that mindset work for me. That happens to be about an hour a day of hiking. That's where I am now. All right. So you start where you are, just start where you are. But for me, it's about an hour of walking a day. And guess what? I have started, I have started doing the Peloton. Yes, I know I am late to the party, (laughs) but I have to say, I love it. And my body loves it too. So little by little, I've also been adding that in and I'm starting really, really small and slow with it, but I've been adding it in and it's been really great. So as time goes, you can add what you want to add, but find your sweet spot so that you, and you'll know what I'm talking about. So when you start to move your body a little bit and you start to get into a rhythm with it and you start to get, even I would almost border on addicted to it, that you realize how important it is. And, you know, also here's me on a repeat loop. My dad's an archaeologist. One thing he would say to any of us and all of us is this is the most sedentary that our species has ever been. And we wonder why it's also the highest time for mental health stuff. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that, but being just not moving is definitely one of them. So number one, move your body. Okay. Number two, munch. It's my favorite little wink, wink joke for all you uh, people out there who like, uh, you know, my sense of humor. Okay. Munch. Listen, y'all need to eat. Okay. I mean, seriously, people. So how many people, and I think I was one of them for a while. I definitely know a lot of friends that are like this where they won't eat all day. They might get up and have a cup of coffee and maybe they'll have a bar right around, you know, 1 PM and they'll have dinner or something like that. But I think, uh, you know, it's stress or we don't feel like it or our, uh, it's just, we're doing things for everybody else. So we haven't thought about ourselves, but food is so crucial. And especially what you put into your body is so crucial. So something I would say is if I put junk gasoline in my car, or if I put diesel gasoline into my standard car, it won't work anymore. How do I know? My friend just did it to her car and guess what? It doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So we need to put healthy, nutrient-rich things into our body. If you expect, if you expect your mind to be able to do the mindset work, it's all working together. Everybody who knows, I love me some cookies and some naughty foods, but I also am very conscious of what I am putting into my body, especially at the beginning of the day. For me, that's, that is key. Okay. So moving your body munch, that means getting food into your body. Now meditate, prepare to be triggered. Just kidding. I mean, listen, I don't want to, I feel like I need to do a whole podcast on meditation just as a general rule, but I'm going to tell you this for today's purposes. Meditation doesn't have to be complicated. I was trained in transcendental meditation. You do not need to do that. I know they're going to be mad at me for saying that, but no, they won't. Just kidding. But you don't have to do that. You really don't. Meditation comes in a million different forms, but really the key here is clearing your mind and settling your body for a moment. 
That moment might be 30 seconds for you. I don't know. I'm not here to judge it. I think whatever you choose to do is what will work for you, but it's important to take that time. I have probably two different things that I do depending on the day. So one would be also this just, let me just put it out there. Disclaimer. A lot of people who teach meditation are going to not love what I'm saying. That is okay with me. I'm okay with it. I believe that we have to do with what works for us and what resonates with us. Okay. So what I do often, I wake up and for about 15 minutes while I'm still in my bed, sometimes I'll just sit up or maybe I won't sit up, but I'm awake. Okay. I'm not at risk of falling back to sleep. This is when my, I'm for sure my mind is at wake time and I'll, I'll do a meditation there. And sometimes I do a mantra meditation. And by the way, we will do a whole podcast on this. So just don't worry about it right now. Then my second favorite one is what I have coined wash the hair. So what I do is whenever I'm doing a task, I'm saying the task that I'm doing. So if I'm washing my hair, if I'm in the shower, I say, wash the hair, wash the hair, wash the hair. If I'm washing the dishes, wash the dishes. If I'm walking the dog, walk the dog. Also, when I'm out, if I'm out for that walk in the morning, I can integrate my meditation into that walk, deep breathing, uh, mindfulness meditation. So on your walk, notice things, name the things. That's a form of mindfulness. So they can all be put together. And here's what I say to people, um, especially if I was coaching somebody one-on-one and they've, they're, they're feeling some resistance to putting these things into their life is you can do all those things. You could do munch, move and meditate total, all of it, probably in less than 30 minutes. You can. So if you had a quick thing to eat that you can do quickly, a smoothie, a bar, you know, berries and yogurt, you could jump if if moving Peloton is your style, then you get on to a 20 minute Peloton, five minute meditation. That was 30 minutes, 30 minutes. And there's a lot of different variations of that, but I'm going to tell you this, that is the foundation to your flow house. And trust me, you want to make sure that they're, they're getting that one right. You know, it's kind of like watching the builders out there, make sure that they are pouring that concrete, right? Because you don't want to find out later that you've got tons of problems with it. Today, that's what we want to get into. We want to talk about the foundations of flow. And for me, those are the foundations of flow. Okay. So why is this relevant to me today? And why did I think that this was really the best way to start our season two is that my funk that I've been in, a couple things I realized. So my kids have been on spring break and I would say for a couple weeks, I wasn't getting my, I wasn't getting my move in. I can start with that. I was being a little slippery with my munch. Um, I think I was, I'm still eating cause I'm somebody who has to eat just, I feel terrible if I don't, but I was just eating crap, you know, like they got something. So I ate that crappy thing. Like somebody brought donuts over. I ate the donuts that that's what I'm talking about. And then I start to put it together and I go, Oh, and then I feel a little wacky. I don't feel so great. And then second tier to that, and we haven't gone a deep dive into it and we will is when we get into flow, the actual method of flow, finding love over worry. The first thing you do is you identify where you have worry, fear, anxiety. Then you replace those thoughts in the moment with something based in love or gratitude. Okay, so for instance, the last couple of days when I was feeling icky, I would find myself just, ooh, I was in a yucky zone, like compare and despair stuff, you know, just barf. (laughs) I can't even tell you all the things. So what I would do 
is, okay, let's use the compare and despair. If you haven't heard that before, the quote is, if to compare is to despair. Okay, so anytime you're comparing yourself, you, you're not going to feel good. In this particular moment, I'm trying to remember what I was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we, I took, uh, took my son skiing for his birthday, and I'm a brand new skier. And I'm out on the hill, and so many people, there's better people. Dirk, of course. That's every category of life, by the way. Everybody, somebody's always going to be prettier. Somebody's always going to be uglier. Somebody's always going to be richer. Somebody's always going to be poorer. Somebody's always going to be this. Somebody's going to be that. Like it's always, 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 always. But anyhow, I'm up on this mountain and I was just having a pity party in my head. Like, why is this so hard? And why am I so bad? And I was just in the compare and despair mode in a big fat way. And it's icky. And by the way, people can feel your energy. That's also going to be a whole episode but people can feel your energy and stuff just happens. Like this woman just cut in front of me in line, like barf, all the things that are not fun. And I can say that when I'm in more flow, stuff happens, like cool stuff happens. There's the proverbial flow happens. The world just kind of leans into you in a different sort of way, which is just probably my favorite part of it. But in this case, I'm deep in the bad, yucky thinking, compare thoughts So what I did is right then I went, oh, there you are. I am doing this. So you acknowledge it. I am comparing myself and I'm feeling really bad. And this is what I'm saying to myself. And these are the thoughts that I'm having. And so now I'm going to replace it with love and gratitude. So sometimes love is harder than gratitude. Well, that'll be another thing. But I went with gratitude. So I said, I'm so grateful that I'm out here. I'm so grateful that I am blessed to be able to do this. This is a huge thing. Going skiing is a big deal and it's not easy and it's not cheap and it's not all of that. So hello, lucky. I mean, then I went into that. I looked in front of me and saw my kids in front of me and went, my kids, my kids, my amazing kids, look at them. Like, look at, they've, they've learned the skill. We lived in a ski town for a long time. They learned the skill. We, they're having so much fun. They were like with their arms up in the air and, you know, woohooing down the hill and my gorgeous, beautiful husband inside and out standing next to me. And I'm like, yo, look at this life. Oh my God. I mean, can y'all just feel that right now? Just tap into that for just a second, because feel that. Can you feel me feeling that? I think you can. And what I'm going to tell you is you can feel with your body, you can feel that elevation come up. It's insane how crazy and cool that is. So in that moment, I shifted it around. Okay. That's a little dip into the flow pool, but we do that over and over and over again. And you start to turn the tide. Promise, 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 pinky promise. I pinky promise with my kids a lot. All right. So here's something I wanted to do to end every podcast. I think this will be so much fun. And you guys, for my OGs, I know you guys are going to love this the most. So today I'll share with you what my three M's were, and maybe you can borrow some of these ideas or they will inspire you to do the same thing. So let's start with munch of the day. My first munch this morning. Why does that make me laugh? My first munch this morning was a smoothie. It had almond milk, blueberries, protein powder, and spinach. That was my first thing. My move was, as usual, this one will probably get relatively boring, was an hour-long hike. And this is the meditation I want to leave you with. So 
You could use this as a meditation prompt. You could just use this as a consideration of your day, but I'll share with you the various different forms of meditation that I use throughout the day. So one of the things that happened for me this morning was I watched a woodpecker. Guys, I get it. It's like, woo, hanging in the woods. But listen, I watched this woodpecker and I was kind of mesmerized. It makes this really loud echoing sound in the forest. And I sat and watched it for a while. And if you watch a woodpecker, it looks like they're banging their head against a wall. I mean, they're just relentless into this hole that they're trying to make. And my guess is they have to make a relatively decent hole to actually get to the food that they're trying to find. But what I thought about in this meditation was, what type of thing do you sometimes feel you're banging your head against the wall? But the key is to stick to something. Sometimes the fruit will come from the labor. And that's an important reminder for us. We can get discouraged. We can get thrown off track. We have to just sometimes, even if it feels like we're banging our head against a wall, stay long enough to see if you can find nourishment on the other end. That was the meditation. We can thank the woodpecker for that. And I hope that will somehow give you more uh, of of a thoughtfulness today. All right, you guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I cannot wait to spend Mondays with everybody. I think this is a perfect way for us to start our week together flow style. Have a good one.